It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the April 23rd edition of the PFF Forecast. It is the uh, May D- Dylan Brooks Rest in Peace Forecast episode, Arjun and I's Lakers. Um, we'll do a full breakdown, about 90 minutes breaking down game three in LA, uh, and then we'll get to some prop bets at the end. I'm just kidding. We're going to talk um, some quarterback controversy. Um, who's going to be next after Bryce Young? Who's going to take that second quarterback? We'll talk about that first, and then we're going to do an around the horn. We've got five different prop categories. We're going to pick our favorite. It's going to be a great episode. Let's rock. Unlike Dylan Brooks, we will comment uh, after game three. We do have things to say here. Um, what an unbelievable, just real quick, Arjun, you had to be, I'm sure you watched the game yesterday. Nothing brought me more joy than after the game when Dylan Brooks declined to comment. He declined to comment. You cannot do that. I do not, you, you have lost all of your bad boy image for declining to comment. Just absurd. Yeah, I know Dylan Brooks is like a he's like a fake thug in my eyes now. Like I was yes. like, okay, okay, you can talk your shit. You know, you kind of you didn't really do much to back it up. You were like three of thirteen to start the game, straight bricks to start the game. You know, you get ejected and then you don't even like comment on it. Like that's like fake thug behavior. Like I I I used to like really like not admire him, but like I respected his game just because like he would talk his trash. He, he wouldn't really back it up, but like he wouldn't stand down from anyone. But when he declined to comment on anything like that is definitely a red flag and uh definitely not a, a big fan of his anymore. So we're, we're Lakers um are now up to one. Um and my sons, but for people that are new to the the printing press podcast, I have this ridiculous parlay that has the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. They've obviously gotten that one done. The next leg in that parlay is a Suns uh, uh, championship victory, which would break my heart because I can't stand the Suns as a Lakers fan. Uh, but they are now up uh, 3-1 thanks to Kawhi Leonard. Um, okay, that's enough basketball talk, Brad. Um, we're going to talk a little quarterback stuff first. So Bryce Young is now, I believe it's uh, minus uh, 1,600, minus 2,000 for him to go number one overall. It's pretty much locked in at this point. So the question now flips to, who is the second quarterback off the board? And could that be uh, going to the Houston Texans? And so over the course of the past couple of days, over this weekend, there's been a lot of uh, momentum, I should say, in Will Levis's direction. Um, he's now, I believe, the favorite to be 
um, the number two uh, overall pick on DraftKings. He's minus 140. Uh, Tyree Wilson plus 225. Will Anderson plus 400. That's moved considerably over the past couple of days. Um, and so, you know, he is the the favorite to be the number two, the second quarterback off the board. Um, I guess a week ago, he was the most likely quarterback to not be picked in the top 10, most likely quarterback to be the fourth quarterback taken. Um, so Brad, let's start with you. What has kind of happened here? What's transpired to make this um, come about? Yeah. So I think Friday afternoon was when the steam really hit a fever pitch and Levis was all the way down to minus 140 to be the second quarterback drafted uh, or to be the number two overall pick, I should say. Probably a better way to look at it. Um, a quick aside for every single one of these bets, please go line shopping because at the exact same time on the exact same sports books, not even line shopping, just looking at the same sports book, you could have bet Levis minus 140 on DraftKings to go second overall, or you could have done an exacta on Bryce Young to go first and Will Levis to go second for plus 150. It's literally the exact same bet. So anyway, what happened was there's a ton of steam on Will Levis to go second overall. And I think what it stemmed from was there was a rumor floating around. I think I got the rumor eventually a little bit later than a lot of people, but this essentially that the ownership in Houston has now given a mandate to Nick Casario, to D'Amico Ryans. You must take quarterback at two. That is the rumor that's floating around about a month ago. Now at this point kind of got leaked out, whether it's true or not, we'll, we'll find out in a week. Um, Levis is their second quarterback. So I believe there was no like, True inside intel, no person that really knew for a fact what was going to happen. I think it was someone that had access to both leaks, one leak being Will Levis is their second quarterback, the other other leak being they're now being mandated to take a quarterback, and they kind of put those two things together uh, and said, okay, well, then Will Levis is going to be the second overall pick. I would say one last thing I'll throw in. If maybe you're getting betting it's not going to be Houston, the only team that makes sense to me in a trade-up would be the Las Vegas Raiders at seven. They're not going to trade in division, I would imagine, with the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think Seattle and Detroit at this point are going to trade to two. Um, but I still think if maybe it is the Raiders coming from seven to two, maybe they also like Will Levis, and, and that's part of it as well. But nevertheless, that's where we're at now. It's gone back a little bit. It's now about, about minus 120, minus 115, I believe. Um, but that, that's where the steam, in my opinion, all, all came from. What about the Stroud thing, uh, Arjun? We talked about this a little bit with, um, you know, the the uh, David Milligetta and Houston Texans sort of situation. Brad, you you pointed this out that um, I think Florio wrote about the fact that Milligetta didn't get along with Easterby. The Easter Bunny is gone. He's no longer in Houston. So there's no reason for that, um, you know, situation to to prohibit the Houston Texans from taking C.J. Stroud. But there may be other things that are prohibiting them from taking C.J. Stroud because he was the guy that everyone thought Carolina was going to take number one overall. And now it seems like, gosh, there's a chance he slides. He's the one that slides furthest. He could be the fourth quarterback taken. Yeah, and I think, I mean, George, you kind of brought it up like a couple of weeks ago, I feel like, when we talked about, like, if you want to have some really long shot bets, like C.J. Stroud to be the fourth quarterback taken of the group, like that was a great bet. And now – I, I genuinely think genuinely think there's a realistic chance of that happening. Um, you know, the S2 scores got released or kind of like leaked uh, by like Bob McGinn or something. A lot of people don't really seem to like him. Um, I will say like, I don't, I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't just completely discredit the rumor that Stroud got an eight, 18th percentile uh, S2 score like that, you know, could very well be true. And for people, for teams that subscribe to S2, or like at least see the scores, like it could very well play a factor in like who's going to take who. And so I think in this scenario, there is a lot of stuff coming out about Stroud now, uh, you know, that Manning passing Academy thing. I'm not going to really buy that, but I think the 
the main reason for him sliding would kind of be the S2 thing, especially with the way S2 has really been preaching. Oh, every quarterback that scores highly and like is a top draft pick, like they pan out. And, you know, Stroud scoring in the 18th percentile, I think that definitely plays a factor in like maybe him sliding. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily, necessarily even see the Colts taking him at four if he slides to four. Like I could see them take Richardson if he's still there. So there is a really like a real like chance. I think he slides to maybe the Raiders or even out of the top 10 based on kind of some of the stuff we've been hearing and, and some of the leaked uh, S2 scores we've seen on Twitter. I would just quickly throw in one thing. We've mentioned his name before. Lance Zerline, you know, very connected in Houston. He had a tweet this past, I think it was Friday, right after yeah, some yeah. of the initial hubbub. He said, I believe the pick is between, in Houston, C.J. Stroud, Tyree Wilson, um, and uh, Will Anderson. So, you know, take all this smoke for what you will, but I think we should mention that. And who's the, the where is the leak? Do we have any sort of strength of source around the two rumors that you put together, Brad? So, like, Levis being number two on their board, ownership, saying you have to pick a quarterback. Like it's one of those stronger than the other. Which one do we have more faith in? Because to be clear, like the Levis hatred, I think gone went a little too far. Um, you know, we have him as the second best quarterback. I think Mike uh, Renner still had him. May he rest in peace. Uh, Mike Renner didn't he didn't die. He just uh, is no longer with PFF. Moving on to some different things. Um, but uh, he had him as his number two quarterback and was great two years ago. It was terrible last year. So you could conceivably understand how a team could get there, but which of those rumors do you think is strongest? Yeah, so I I won't speak to it in terms of like how they're out there. I got one of them firsthand and one of them secondhand. I'm not going to clarify which is which. So like I obviously have more faith in one of them than the other. But who, for all I know, you know I got lied to on the one that I heard directly, and then the other one's <laughs> better. But um, I will say the Will Levis thing too because I mentioned it before with respect to like a Jackson Pitt and Jig, but talking about Jamar Chase, talking about Derek Stingley, I think we do sometimes fall a little bit too in love with that year before the draft where there could be some teams who coming into this season already in their mind thought Will Levis was a top five pick. He was great his second to last year, like you mentioned. He was injured and had a terrible offensive line, didn't have the greatest receiving core either. Some of these teams made their decision a long time ago and maybe we are kind of overweighting, you know, a a poor final college season. Yeah, maybe I, this goes back to my thought around it was Stroud in the minds of McCown and Reich. And then David Tepper sat down to dinner with both of them and was blown away by Bryce Young. And I think that actually correlates with doing better on the S2, as weird as that sounds. And tell me if you guys disagree, but it's like your ability to react in a conversation to be quick witted, I guess. And also your reaction time, which is, you know, like how quickly do you react to these things, which is a lot of what kind of the S2 is sort of getting at, seems like they would be highly correlated. And I just would expect Bryce Young to do far better on in both of those situations. And so it, it makes sense to me that that Tepper, who clearly, like, it's so funny. It was, what, three weeks ago, they were like, yeah, Tepper said he wasn't going to, you know, he's going to stay out of the way. This is like, the dude might as well be the GM at this point. And um, it, it, it seems pretty clear, at least. Whether Houston is in that same boat, I think is interesting because the there were some rumors that Casario was on the way out, right, uh, just a few weeks ago. So maybe there's not a lot of faith in him. Maybe they're coming in and putting their um, their thumb on the scale, so to speak, um, and uh, and and pushing for a quarterback. But it is interesting that Zerline does, did not mention Levis in that in that trio because, like, what's the you know not 
it's easy to mention a guy as up for consideration. Not mentioning him as being up for consideration is a stronger statement, right? Mm-hmm. Than even putting them in that list, which I think is really fascinating. I cannot agree more, right? If you're name four names and you're not going to be wrong, like it, it took a mm-hmm. lot to not just throw him in there as a kind of throwaway line. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. All right. We're going to go around the horn. We have a nice little uh, charcuterie board of prop bet topics. We're going to start with a player to go in the top five. So this is a bet that we like to go top five. So if you go to um, DraftKings Sportsbook, they, I think they have probably the most robust set of draft props. Would you guys agree among the, the league yeah. boards that are out there? Um, I don't think it's particularly close, but you can bet um, – a multitude of different things on the NFL draft. One of them is players to go top five. So we'll go around the horn here. Brad, we'll start with you. Then we'll go to Arjun and then I'll uh, carry up the uh, rear. Yep. So what I like at the moment is getting into all this quarterback mayhem is Anthony Richardson. Uh, He is minus 105 at FanDuel to go in the top five. I will say it's also like plus 250, I think, to just take the under four and a half. So you are, of course, risking on maybe he falls to Seattle. Maybe Seattle says, okay, let's just go ahead and do it. Yeah, he's plus 250 at DraftKings, actually. But so nevertheless, I'll just say we're sticking with the topic here. Um, I like Anthony Richardson about even money to go in the top five. Um, so I've been kind of fading Jalen Carter this whole draft like season. I have a lot of like him over seven and a half at like plus money, which it's been a, it was a really bad bet. Um, looking back on it, um, and but he's he's six and a half and it's juiced to the over, so like I don't really know like where I stand with that or in terms of closing line value. But at plus 380, I think there is probably some value. And honestly, I mean, just because there isn't a lot of top five picks you can or top five bets you can make, um, I think this is contingent on the Eagles trading up to five. Um, so again, like Howie Roseman, like I, I know everyone likes to think of the Eagles as just like analytically driven team, which they are like, they have one of the most robust analytic staffs, like incorporate analytics into their decision-making despite that they've traded up for Andre Dillard. They traded up for Jordan Davis. Like they will trade up to get their guys. Howie's not afraid of that. Cause he's going to replenish those third or second round picks when he trades back later in the draft or something. So this is kind of contingent on Eagles trading up to five. And John Schneider is one of those GMs. I, I put a chart about chart out about this about like two months ago he's one of those gms that trades down the most of any gm in the league so i wouldn't be surprised if he trades down from five to ten i do think the seahawks do need like a blue chip like defensive player uh which kind of makes it seem like they won't trade out of five but if the eagles do want to trade up to five i think it would be for jalen carter to try to get that try to get probably the best player in the draft that is um that is the the top i picked that i bet that i liked most as well arjun but i didn't think of it as contingent on the Eagles trading up to five because of what you just said about the Seahawks. So the Seahawks were gashed pretty badly on defense last year, but especially against the run. And I don't think you can underestimate the fact that Pete Carroll is older. I know he's young at heart, but I think they want to be competitive and they have to look at that division and go, we only got to be one team here. Okay. Who is that one team? It's the 49ers. What do the 49ers do? Well, they don't have a freaking quarterback right now. So the only thing that they do right now is run the football. To me, it makes a lot of sense. They sit there and they go, look, we signed Geno. We're going to get the best player in the draft in in Jalen Carter. We don't need a quarterback. So we're getting the best value here. They stay at five and they take Jalen Carter. That was my thought. I like it. I think you said plus 380, um, which is great because I'm on uh, my draft kings. And when I say that, 
everyone's is different. What you're served is is usually pretty different. Um, I'm seeing three to one for Jalen Carter. So you can find that 380. Um, I like it plus, quite a bit. Yeah. Plus 380s on FanDuel, by the way. Not oh, okay, great. Yeah. So, so other, that's yeah. why you line shot. Um, Jalen Carter plus three eight, go top five. By the way, uh, before we get into our second um uh topic here, go join the PFF printing press Discord. Uh, that's where you'll get all of the latest bets that we're placing, rumors, uh, things that Arjun and Brad are hearing. Um, our Quay will come. Uh, they will make a Quay for us at some point. The joke there is that Quay Walker, if you're new to the podcast, new to the printing press, uh, Quay Walker was a very, very profitable um, bet that we placed a few years ago. Thanks to thanks to Brad Spielberger. Um, and so he will come. He'll show up at some point here. Got a few days left uh, before the draft happens. Um, I have faith. Uh, also, go to pff.com. Get yourself the PFF draft guide. It is now in its final form, which is awesome. Uh, it's got every single piece of information that you could possibly want, and you can get it for 40% off with the promo code DRAFT40. That also unlocks the mock draft sim. And this is the week that you want to be able to do uh, mock drafts to your heart's content, unlock trades, unlock all seven rounds. Um, the trade algorithm is best uh, of the entirety of any mock draft that you will do. Uh, thanks to all the work that Brad uh, has done on that. So uh, go get yourself 40% off at PFF com and on the pff app okay uh next we have an over under brad yep so i'm gonna go a bit of a different direction than anyone we've talked about in the past and, and it is kind of reading recent tea leaves and recent conversations it's actually the over on dalton kincaid over 24 and a half which is about even money again right now so never tested not even a guy that missed combine missed pro day and had his own thing just will end up not testing at all before this this draft um is going to be 24 years old in the near future i think he's 23 and a half plus right now is a good player but i think is a effectively a big slot you know i don't think he's a tight end in, in the traditional sense of the word and you're starting to finally hear people talk like yeah i think we all kind of overthought it on michael mayer and now he's creeping back into the conversation of like I think there's been a lot of movement on him being first tight end drafted. Not I think. There has been a lot of movement on him being the first tight end drafted. I think a lot of teams are saying, yeah, the testing isn't great, but you go look back historically at some of the best tight ends in the NFL. It had some solid testing. There was a cool chart someone put out the other day. I think it was uh, our, our old buddy Kevin Cole looking at like 10-yard splits and 40-yard dash and different you know things you can look at for tight ends. But um, the fact that Kincaid just has done none of that and is kind of a, a young, like one year wonder, young to football, not young and real in, in life. Um, <laughs> I, I just like the, the idea here of, you know, he's going to slide a bit, maybe still goes first round, but um, it is not going to be a top 25 pick in this draft. Yeah, no, I like that one, Brad. Um, and it kind of does. Yeah, I think that does make sense. And then mayor, obviously his draft prop is like 21 and a half or 22 and a half. So it kind of makes sense there. Um, so I'll jump in next. Uh, one that I really like, Darnell Wright, um, under 15 and a half, minus 115 on Caesars. I, I don't believe you can find this on FanDuel and DraftKings, so this is a Caesars-specific bet. But under 15 and a half, I like minus 115. I don't love the VIG, but, you know, I still kind of like this bet. Um, at 15 and a half, the team's picking right before that. The Packers, the Patriots, the Jets, the Texans, and the Titans. So I don't think the Packers really need a, a tackle. I think the Patriots could take a tackle. Um, I think the Jets really could take a tackle. They're minus 300 to take a tackle. The Texans don't need one, but then the Titans really need one. And then, you know, Chicago at nine also, like they really need a tackle. 
so Darnell Wright, you know, he's he's a pretty good left tackle. He was one of the guys that's been getting a lot of uh, hype recently, especially because of his performance against Will Anderson. So I think that could play into a factor that he went up against some of the toughest competition in the NCAA and he, you know, held his ground. He played very well. And just because of the teams that kind of need to tackle before pick 15, I could see either the Jets, the Patriots, the Bears, or the Titans taking him. And I think the only worry I have with this is – he was a left tackle throughout his time at Tennessee and, you know, the jets could use a tackle on either sides, but Patriots have Trent Brown at left tackle, the Titans, you know, they could use a left tackle. And then I don't really know what the bears are going to do with Braxton Jones, but you know, they could flip uh, Darnell right to right tackle as well. So the only issue would be right. Having to flip sides for some of these teams, but because of the teams that need an O-line in that top 15, I could see uh, any team taking him before, uh, you know, pick 16, basically like it um okay mine is uh so there's a lot that are that are posted now and you can kind of dig in i one that this isn't the one that i'm going to give out but um hen and hooker uh over 31 and a half is minus 120 under 31 and a half is minus 110 we've talked about the the quarterbacks total number of quarterbacks taken i think it's interesting obviously he's the one that's that's on the cusp there um another a couple of other interesting ones nolan smith uh his uh is 10 and a half now it's juice to the over uh, but i think it's a lot higher than i think maybe anyone was was quite anticipating i've seen a lot of top tens and, and haven't seen a ton of nolan smith in there um but uh mine is anthony richardson so his is at four and a half under four and a half is plus 250 and uh here's the thought process i continue to think about this in fact brad and i had this conversation on friday everyone keeps putting will levis to the colts i here's my thought he, he wore white and blue at Kentucky. He's 6'4", 230. Everyone thinks of the Colts. Who have they drafted? What quarterbacks have they drafted? They drafted uh, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. 6'4", 6'5", 230, 240. White dudes, like, wearing blue and white. I just, like, it feels like people are just not thinking this through that much and looking at the fact that they don't have the same type of a schematic lean that they have in the past now thinking about really if you want to kind of make a connection you would go look at what the eagles did because that's where that staff is coming from and so you know there you go okay well they had jalen hurts now that the disconnect here is they drafted jalen hurts in the second round so you know great if you can if you can swing that but i think the idea that they would favor levis or stroud over an athletic you know, just specimen like Anthony Richardson probably being a little bit overblown. So I, I like that under four and a half plus two fifty, um, and and obviously that has him going at you know at four to the Colts or potentially a team trading up to three or trading up to two uh, that really likes Richardson because they think the Colts will will take him. So uh, that is my over under. All right, next we have to go in the first or not to go in the first, Bradley. That was some some Sim Ellinger erasure right there out of uh, yeah, there thank in, you. Indianapolis. But uh, no, I, I think it is legit. And I also like, look, it's also kind of, look, if this Houston stuff about Levis is true, you're kind of just betting, okay, well, they're going to take the next guy. Um, and, and the Shane second part, I think, is very relevant. I mean, the first press conference, Jim Irsay was like, we brought him here to develop a young quarterback. Like, who would that be about um, if not Anthony Richardson? So anyway, uh, to go in first or not to go in first, 
Um, I think I may mention the show. I'm not sure if I have. We've talked about the DBs a little bit. It's not a great price because, unfortunately, the, the books are still cowards and won't give us a lot of bets. Um, but Emmanuel Forbes is still bettable. It's about t- minus 200, I believe, uh, to go in the first. I think it opened about minus 170. It's been bet down. Again, there are not a lot of great prices here. If we get another one, we'll obviously share it in the Discord if there's kind of some fringe guys we like. Um, but I think Emmanuel Forbes is a very, very, very you know high degree of confidence he'll be a first-round pick. So if you lay some juice, it sucks. But I, I think it's – I'm not going to say free money. That's not what this podcast is about. But uh, there's a high degree of confidence <laughs> in, in, in that bet. I see minus 400, by the way, on draft. Oh, Jesus. Okay, well. It's minus, <laughs> minus 250 on, on FanDuel, though. Free what is minus. it, minus 250? Yeah. See, again, keep price shop, kids. Price shop. <laughs> yeah, so no, I really like that one, Brad, and I think um, it kind of correlates with our over five and a half DBs bet that we talked about in our last podcast. Um, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with the the D-lineman out of Northwestern, out of Tomiwa. I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. He's a plus 160 on DraftKings to be selected in the first round. Um, really, this is a bet because it is a pretty weak interior defensive line class i've had i've heard people say like the drop off from the first round to the second round in terms of interior defensive lineman talent is pretty strong like it's pretty it's a big fall off and so i could see some teams kind of reaching on him early in the first round to try and secure an interior defensive lineman he also tested off the charts in his pro day and uh, at the combine you know kind of an athletic freak he performed really well at the senior bowl so or senior shrine bowl one of the two so you know those kind of things do factor into some of these teams evaluations like he's a competitive kid um and so i think because some teams will probably overdraft some of these interior defense alignment because of the talent at the position this this year in the draft i could see some team like the eagles or the saints kind of picking this athletic guy that they can groom into being a productive pass rusher and given that his strength i think is in pass rushing over run defense some of these teams picking at the you know back end of the first round probably prioritize passing over rushing and so i really like that bet and i think you know the odds should be probably closer to like plus 115 or plus 110 we're on, we're of the same mind once again Arjun, that was the guy I like. I think he ran a sub four five. Yeah, he did forty yard dash. By the way, getting that in the um, PFF NFL draft guide, which, as I mentioned, forty percent off right now. And sneak peek: there is a post draft draft guide for the first time ever. We're grading every single pick, and you can get it um, as part of the post draft draft guide at pff.com. That obviously comes with your subscription. So I loved him. Uh, I think that price is pretty solid. Look, there's a lot of hugely minus money prices. Uh, like Brad is giving out here. I'm not going to do that. Um, so it's, I'll give one more that I thought this was the second one um, that I was considering here. And the thought process, the, the hypothesis here is, again, players that are kind of physically unique are going to go up in terms of where they're picked and players that are more run of the mill from a physical standpoint are more likely to fall. So Darnell Washington on DraftKings, he's plus 100 to go first round. I think the tight end class here is a complete, you know, a total crap shoot and who knows, but Darnell Washington is physically unique amongst that group. And so, you know, if you're thinking about what will actually set him apart or what would set one of those players apart, it would be that he actually tested pretty darn well, considering how like big he was. Um, and I think that will be something that when teams are looking at their board and they have, you know, certain, we've talked about speed score on this podcast before, right. Um, which is, you know, uh, we've shown not a lot of correlation there. Uh, it correlates highly to, to draft position for, for running backs, but not necessarily to uh, production. Um, but I think, you know, some of those metrics that teams will look at will paint uh, Darnell Washington in really good light. And so I can see him 
uh, making it into the first round at plus 100. Um, next, we have team and position. So this is a bet on a team to pick a specific position with their first round pick, Brad. Yep. So yeah, I hear you. I don't want to ever give out these massively minus odds. We will have some more. Give, we'll have have give me, give me a hard time. We'll have some more plays yeah. there though. Those are that's market. So so keep an eye on the Discord there. Um, and lost it. So I think the the biggest takeaway overall here is essentially that look, if you're betting the favorite or a minus money play on one of these team position combos, I just don't think it's it's a very good value bet. Um, and, and so the second point is. The later you pick with these picks, the later on in the draft, it becomes a total crapshoot the further you go. Um, so for that reason, I'm guessing Arjun's going to be upset that I'm going first in this round because I'm guessing we have a similar play here. I am fading the living heck out of Atlanta Falcons taking Bijan Robinson, which has driven his running back. He, him even, you know, being like it's like plus 240 now to be their pick. Um, look, they cut Chargers legend, Vandy legend, Casey Hayward Jr. Uh, yes, they traded for Jeff Okuda, but I don't think that's a huge factor here. Uh, I, I like the Atlanta Falcons a ton to take a cornerback uh, with their first pick number eight overall. So what I think odds are you getting that at, by the way? Oh, shoot. I think it was two I, to I one. Gotta, you have it, Arjun? It's seven to one, actually, on Caesars. <laughs> there you go. So that wow. was going to be that was gonna be my bet for the next round. Um, but, yeah, I think you cut out a little bit at the beginning. But, yeah, Brad was advocating Falcons defensive back. Uh, on Caesars, seven to one. Uh, it's plus 380, I think, on DraftKings, which mm -hmm. I don't hate that. Um, you know, I would probably play that down to like plus 300, um, especially for the people in the discord, because we did talk about the Falcons to take an edge on FanDuel at like two to one. And I think a lot of people have that bet. So if you're trying to hedge out of that, potentially secure profit and fade the Bijan noise, I think seven to one, especially on Caesars is a great bet. Um, I'm also uh, picking a team that's going to take a defensive back. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens to take a defensive back. Uh, it's plus 115 on uh, on Caesars, I think it's like plus 100 on DraftKings. Um, but I, I really like this bet. Like, I think the Ravens currently have Brandon Stevens as their cornerback, too. I don't see Marcus Peters coming back. He kind of struggled in that new Mike McDonald system. He's more of, a, I think, a press man corner. And Mike McDonald loves to play a lot more quarters, a lot more like cover two, things of that, or cover six. Um, so I think Ravens do need to find an upgrade over Brandon Stevens. Um, they did sign Odell Beckham, which it's only a one-year deal. So it shouldn't really like just completely sway them away from taking a receiver. But I think because we're hearing a lot of noise about, okay, this is a pretty bad receiver, not a pretty bad, but like the, the first round receivers this year aren't great. A lot of people have only been saying three receivers are going to be taken. Um, and, you know, I think in that 20 to 25 range, which is where the Ravens are picking, you could see someone like Emmanuel Forbes, uh, Deontay Banks. If he slides, I could see the Ravens taking him. Um, and like potentially like a Brian Branch, even if they want to, if they want to have just some like really talented secondary flexibility, though, I don't see them taking it like a, a Kyle Hamilton type player, but I think they really just need to find an up, a CB2 upgrade. And that is kind of the range for some of these corners to go kind of like later in the draft. And even like, I didn't even mention like Joey Porter Jr. If he slides as well. So I think there's a lot of like outs for this pick and to get it at plus money. I, I really like this one. Yeah, I like those. I like all of those um, quite a bit. Actually, there's, I think, a bunch. Um, this is probably the set of, mar of the market that um, I like the most right now because there's, you don't have a ton of like big minus money um, options here. And so you can, um, you know, sort of have a little more, uh, a little more fun with these. I actually have two. I I'm going to throw them out here and see what you guys think. 
first was the Eagles. This this is similar to what you were talking about earlier, Arjun. So they're minus 190 on DraftKings, take an offensive lineman. They're plus 190 to take a D lineman. And I like that. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of reticence to to say that they're going to take one because they took one last year. And I don't think that really matters all that much. They also lost their best uh, defensive interior lineman to free agency this year to the San Francisco 49ers, their biggest threat to keep them out of the Super Bowl again this year. So you talked about them potentially trading up. I think that's a possibility, whether it be with the Seahawks or with any other team uh, in the top 10 to get Jalen Carter or Jalen Carter slides, or they trade back and take, say, a, you know, a, a different defensive line, maybe a Clyde Um, So I like that one at plus 190. Um the other one that I like is the Raiders take quarterback at plus 250. Um, so they, right now it's plus 175 for them to take a corner, plus 200 to take an offensive lineman, and plus 250 to take a quarterback. We just talked about, and the, and the hypothesis here is that quarterback, some quarterbacks are going to slide. If that's C.J. Stroud, if that's Will Levis, if that's Anthony Richardson, I think the Raiders would kind of be dumb not to take one of those guys and, and give it a, a try. And they've got Jimmy G there. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, one of those guys will, I, I think we're past the point where four of those guys are going before the Raiders pick. Um, and so I think that puts the Raiders in a position to, to take quarterback at, at plus two, uh, two fifty. real quick guys, curious your thoughts on those two. Yeah, uh, I, I like the double shots on, uh, and it kind of ties into what I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But like looking early second and kind of playing not just first round, but also the potential for some guys that fall in that early second range as well, and kind of not hedging your bets, but you know, just just having multiple shots at the at the bet, I think is smart. Yeah, I agree, and I, I like the Raiders one. I mean, we it's kind of been reported that they've been trying to trade. They were trying to trade up to one with Carolina mm -hmm. to take a quarterback. So obviously, they're probably still in the quarterback uh you know trading up group so definitely like that bet and i uh, like another one you gave out as well last one is a long shot brad how do we define long shot is it minus 400 or better what are we <laughs> yeah we're saying yeah yeah if, as long as it's you know you lay four bills to make one that's that's considered you know flat and then anything better than that is, is a long shot a hey you're, you're joking now and when there's a will there's a quay and i'm gonna i'm gonna have a discord channel with everyone but you in it um, and we'll see who's, we'll see who's laughing then. Uh, um, no, no. uh, Please. anyway, so I just talked about it. You just mentioned it. And, and this is kind of one that I like, um, for Quentin Johnston, not going 12th overall, but going 33rd overall to the Houston Texans. So he's 10 to one to go to Houston. Um, at this point, I really don't know if he's going to go in the first round, but I see a scenario where you're Houston, you wrap back around again, you take care of business in the first round or whatever you want to define what they do in the first round. If you want to call that taking care of business, but they do that and they're sitting there early second. You have look, John Mechie, good player out of Alabama coming back from leukemia. Um, I think is expected to play though, which, which is great news. Um, you just trade away Brandon cooks. You have Nico Collins, who's like a solid, like number three receiver type player. Um, but I think at that point, if he falls out of the first round, you're sitting there um, and maybe you pull the trigger on Quentin Johnson. So, yeah, he's 10 to one or 12 to one, I think, depending on the book um, to go to the Houston Texans. Um, and again, you're not betting on the number 12th overall pick. You're betting on 33rd overall. Yeah, I know. I like that one. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm holding I think most of the press is holding a Quentin Johnson to the Vikings ticket so i like the kind of hedging there um i'm gonna go in a different direction i'm gonna go with the titans to take a receiver with their first pick so uh, that's it's 11 to 1 on on fan duel 
on DraftKings, you can get it at eight to one. So obviously, you know, go better on FanDuel. But this is the tight end receiving room. Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook-Kakine, and Kyle Phillips. Like those are the starters. Everyone after are is like they have a six round pick, Racy McMath. Like it, it is a really bad receiving room. Um, the offensive line is pretty bad, uh, but they did sign Andre Dillard to play tackle. And they have Nicholas Petit Friere uh, at right tackle, who they drafted last year in the third round. Not that he was good or anything, like he should, you know, if you can upgrade over him, definitely should. But I just think the odds are too long. Like this is not a great receiver class, but Jackson Smith and the Jigba, like his range is probably in that like 10 to 17 area, unless he like really falls. Um, Mike Rabel does have that OSU connection. Right. And that's where Smith the Jigba is from, you know, Brian Hartline, great at developing receivers and all that. So I just think the odds are too long for this one. I think there is a decent chance that they try to find, you know, kind of an alpha wide receiver one for whoever's going to be throwing him the ball. It's, it sounds like Brian Tannehill might be on the trading block and they just try to get like a another receiver to help whoever their quarterback is going to be. Um, and I do think they are a team that would trade up to take like an Anthony Richardson, but in the case that they don't, I could see them, you know, taking a receiver with this pick. Um, and if they trade back, like, I think it could also be a great place to take uh JSN. Yeah. The, the JSN. So JSN, by the way, to the Packers is eight to one, um, which I, I kind of liked um, as well. I just think the irony of the Packers never taking a first round, wide receiver and then the first year of Jordan Love they take one uh is great um okay here's my uh long shot I have a super long shot and I have a mid long shot I'll start with my mid long shot by the way this is where price shopping again to Arjun's point very very valuable um the Cowboys to take a running back are six to one the the Cowboys to draft Bijan Robinson is ten to one uh, on DraftKings and all I'm doing is reading the script here okay that, that's all I'm doing I think there are a couple of ways that this can happen. The first is obviously they have to trade up to get him. The other is that teams just decide that, you know, taking a, a running back that high is not super valuable and they're actually able to pick him there. I think if he lasts all the way to the Cowboys, Jerry Jones is just going to love the the media attention that he's going to get. Like, I think regardless, he's just going to take B. John Robinson because he wants everyone to talk about him and he wants to sell jerseys. Like, I don't think you can underestimate that. Um, and he's going to look great uh, in in a Dallas uniform. He's going to play well his first season. So it's like an automatic win. So I really like Cowboys to take Bijan Robinson. The fact that it's 10 to 1, honestly, I think is ridiculous. And this is probably because of all this Falcon smoke. But teams that have better odds to take Bijan Robinson than the Cowboys, the Bears have the same, the Commanders, the Eagles, the Texans, and the Falcons. The Eagles one is just bananas to me. Um, and I do not understand it. Um, I think all of those other teams... Um, could be legitimate threats. I think it'd be a real uh, kind of hilarity for Houston who just brought in the San Francisco uh, 49ers kind of mentality to go after a, a running back this high. That would be comedic. Would kind of make sense for the commanders, I guess. Um, it does not make sense for the Atlanta Falcons. So I like the Cowboys 10-1 there. Here's my super long shot. Team to draft Anthony Richardson, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, the... Minnesota Vikings are in a spot where they're kind of, they can see the end of the Kirk Cousins experiment, you know, coming, coming uh, in the near future. And yes, I think receiver makes a lot of sense because you want to bolster the other side of, of Justin Jefferson and you had Adam Thielen, who's not, no longer there. He's going to win a Super Bowl in Carolina. Um, and so, uh, you know, it makes sense. But if let's say Richardson slips a little bit, 
I think that Minnesota and Quezzi will be um, will be aggressive, right? They will look for an opportunity to get a guy who, you know, think about, and I'm not comparing him to Mahomes or, or Josh Allen, but, you know, those guys were to be had in the 7, 8, 10, 11, 12 range, right? And I could see Quezzi making the move there if he slips, just because you're not going to get this kind of a, of a player and he's not going to be in a position to get, you know, Caleb Williams next year. So you take the shots when you can. Uh, and at 25 to one, uh, I like it. We know that he's high on some people's boards whose it is. I'm not sure, but um, I could certainly see that being the case. And I think Kevin O'Connell, it, while it'd be a very kind of different route for him, every coach is a little bit intrigued by doing something that they haven't quite done before. And, and I could see uh, O'Connell certainly being in that, uh, in that realm. Um, I also like right, that, those are where, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Just like he's also connected to a lot of the teams in the range we're talking about. He knows the Jets coaching staff mm. from San Fran. He knows the Houston coaching staff from San Fran. He knows the Titans GM from San Fran. Like there's a lot of connections there. Um, and we, as we talked about in the past, like the trade, sometimes you should look at like, do they know each other? They spend time on the road. Do they work together? All those things. Um, I think that matters. Any uh, let's let's do this before we get out of here. Who's uh, who's bet are you most jealous of? Um, someone else's bet that they made that you're like, damn, I wish I wish I had come up with that one. It's a good question. Well, I think I'm throwing in a miscellaneous bonus round uh, that I just saw as I was as I was looking through. Over defenders, 14 and a half is, is minus 120. I love that bet. I think every person you talk to <laughs> says receivers are sliding. Offensive line is sliding like, you know, all and, and corners are rising and deal. Like I, I really like the over 14 and a half. Um, but yeah, go skip me. I'll, I'll come back to the, the question. The only old lineman that isn't going to slide is Peter Skaronsky. And we have, uh, we're basing the pod. Yeah. That's our pod, like squad. Like he's going to go top 10. Like that's what we're, that's our spirit animal for the draft. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously the one I'm jealous of is, is Brad's uh, Falcon seven to one bet, but we kind of like talked about that on our, like together. So, uh, you know, I think it's, it's kind of like our bet instead of Brad's bet. But if I, like, that was the one I was going to give out also. It's so, social. Like, yeah, that, that's what I would uh, that's what I would be jealous of. We win and we lose as a team. Uh, mine is obviously uh Emmanuel Forbes at, at minus four hundred one, uh, you know, or minus four hundred. Um minus four hundred one. I'm super jealous of that. Uh no, I I really like the Falcons one um as well. I, I thought uh, honestly, um, you know, as I mentioned, Arjun, we had the same one uh, a couple of times, I think. So um a lot of good ones. I, I'm excited. I feel like I was a little down on the total number of um, props that kind of have in play come draft day. Um, but they're starting to fill out a little bit. I feel like there's still some value out there. Um, and especially in some of those markets where it's either position or like exact player. I think those, you know, haven't been kind of hammered yet. Um, so there's some opportunity. And the simple fact that there's so much going on with the quarterbacks, I think there's an opportunity for us you know, if we hear something to make a, a sizable win kind of at the at the buzzer here, um, just kind of like we did with the Carolina picking number one overall. Right. Um, which I think was the the biggest one that we've had so far. Um, and uh, obviously, members of the printing press profited on that one. So that one guy, that one guy bought like like a mortgage for a house. I mean, a down payment for a house <laughs> on the on the Carolina first. So well, that's what I told him. I said I was contacting Rocket Mortgage. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, like I said, I'm catching all this flack. Uh, we, we that, that is the best market. They released only the like obvious dudes. Um, 
but we'll get we'll, we'll hopefully get a, a little sleeper that slips in because that that always happens. Twenty five to 30, 32 in a draft is is random as as possible. Yeah, yeah. All righty, that is our podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday, the day before the draft. Obviously, we will have a final look. But in the meantime, things are certain to happen. So make sure you join the Discord. The link is in the description. You can also find it on um, our Twitter accounts. Hit us up if you cannot find it. And we will make sure you get connected so that you can get up to the second updates and make sure that you uh, participate as best you can in the draft. It'll be a lot of fun. This is the last like kind of football that we can really bet on um, until the season comes around. So you want to take advantage of it. Fellas, thank you so much. Love y'all. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.